Shri Gauri Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai Premanande Good evening Agnanda, good to see you So tonight uh, I've been asked to ask for questions Are there any questions? Yes Um in um, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur's um, song, the song of the broker, is that it? Mm-hmm. Um, he mentions that um, Nityananda Prabhu opened up a marketplace in the bank of Surabhi Kunj. Surabhi Kunj ette namerhat kureche koranitai koranitai Beautiful. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yes. Um, he mentions twice in there that um, that um, for the you know he's selling the holy name for only the price of one's faith, and it sounds like it's uh, maybe cheap or not cheap, maybe like a good deal. You know, like a, it's very <laughs> inexpensive. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, it's uh, it's actually not. It's uh, uh, it's not like money or you know, it's one's faith, as you mentioned. We are our faith, and it seems like it's uh, it's um, it's not a cheap thing. You know, uh, it makes it sound cheap, but or easy. Oh, easy! It makes it sound easy, but mm-hmm. it's not. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, you're right that uh, our faith is uh, everything in a sense. I, I often um, point that out by way of citing Krishna's statement in, in Bhagavad Gita. There he says, the Shraddhamayo Ayam Purushaha. There's a chapter about faith. Uh, Arjuna asks the question about the nature of faith, um, I think that is, how does he begin that chapter? Anyway, he asks about the nature of people's faith. I think that uh, he speaks about or asks about faith independent, let's say, of the scripture. And um, so people who pursue that, you know, what becomes of them. And Krishna speaks about uh, faith uh, born out of the mode of ignorance, faith born out of the mode of passion, faith born out of the mode of goodness, the latter of which is tied to, to Scripture. And um, <clears throat> anyway, in the context of speaking about that subject, he makes the statement that a person is his or her uh, faith. That's uh, one way of speaking about it, and well, it means you get to give your whole self, right? From by that, so that's not uh, inexpensive. <coughs> I should mention that in the Bhagavatam, there's a, of course, a, a parallel kind of of the Bhagavad Gita, which we refer to as the Uddhava Gita, where Krishna speaks the same truths, same answers to Uddhava, 
whose questions are a little different because he's speaking from the rabbinical perspective, whereas Arjuna's questions are arising from a Chetriya's perspective, and the context is the is the battle at hand, battle of Kurukshetra and so forth. <clears throat> and in the Bhagavatam, Krishna uh, gives a fourth type of faith, faith for in this in in Tamagun, Rajagun, Satvagun, Satvagun being faith in Devas and the scriptures and so forth. There he refers to faith in the Atma, as the, uh, which would correspond with the Satvaguna, because Satvaguna gives knowledge. The full measure of knowledge in this world is knowledge of the self. <clears throat> then he goes on to say, faith in me, then that's transcendental, <coughs> Nirguna. <clears throat> Just an interesting point about faith and things that Krishna has said about it. <clears throat> Of course, at the end of that chapter in the Gita, it says, Nyashastram vidamuchija vartate karma karta. Nasa siddhama bhapnupina sukham na paramgatim. So those who are conducting themselves in the world according to their faith that is not in concert with revelation, then it's not going to be fruitful in terms of attaining, attaining perfection. Nasidim, nasukham, na paramgatim. They won't attain a supreme nice destination. They won't get ultimate happiness or perfection and so forth. So an advocacy there in the Gita of uh, at least sattvic faith hmm? right? and uh, letting the guiding light be uh, revelation by which we can know more than we could know on our own. So anyway, that's the context in which Krishna makes a strong statement that a person is his or her faith. Hmm. Um, and um, another thought uh, comes to mind I'm just underscoring the point that you're making to begin with Bujipachita Marsh once described faith as the halo of Radharani Mm -hmm. how do you get that? (laughs) I forget how we went there exactly about that but, uh, but he's speaking about divine faith and it coming from Above Shadavanjanohe, Shadavanj, by associating with persons of that faith, of that character, then obviously it's contagious, so we get that. And it's, I think what Shudamarsh, Pujapachinamarsh meant by that, among other things, is that it's it itself, the faith is um, illuminating. Um, he used to contrast faith, of course, as it should be, with doubt. And um, to make the point that we are animated by our faith, he poetically used to say that uh, suspicion leads to suspension. So if we have doubts, then our animation will be suspended in terms of going down a particular path. I'm not sure if it's down there. I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going to hold off. Hmm. Um, uh, and in that regard, he would often refer to the spiritual world as planets of faith, where there was no doubt, and correspondingly where everything is animated, right? There there are um, 
what appears to be earth, water, fire, air, ether, and so forth, but they're not behaving in the limited way that they do here, these elements, elemental constituents of the Maya Shakti, there, um, everything is alive and um, conscious, right? So, uh, if there is a realm of doubt, doubt is absence of faith. So, there must be a realm of faith. And that would not be a blind faith, but the kind of faith that gives vision uh, to that which we could not have otherwise. So it's it's the vehicle. Hmm? Pujapachita Marsh once said that I, and this was in the later years um, uh, of his uh, presence amongst us, when he was quite uh, ill and uh, uh, nearing the time of his passing, he said he went to sleep one night and he dreamt that all of his scriptural knowledge was taken away. And he had a fair amount of that. Pujapad Bhakti Thakur once referred to him as Shastranipuna. That's a, a nice term, scriptural genius. It's a, it's a word uh, that Rupa Goswami uses to, def, to, just, to uh, characterize among other characteristics, one of the characteristics of the who one whose adhikar or eligibility for bhakti is utam of, of that uh, that that standard utam adhikar. So it's a, um, a generous or you know a a, uh, a quality to take note of. But I, he was thinking of himself. I in a, of course regarded the dream. In terms of all of the Shastric knowledge that he had, and it was taken away, and he said, I was left with only my faith to travel with, hmm? to, to carry me. Hmm? Of course, it was, it was substantial, so he, I would say he was in good good shape. Um, he had told me several times that it, whenever they, somebody comes uh, and they, they have a lot of, a, a good big intellect, I have to beat on them. Gyan Shunya Bhakti, Gyan Shunya Bhakti. That intelligence is not a suitable vehicle for going there. If we th- if we think that it is, and that we can capture that realm between our ears, if you will, if we're not careful with that, which is a, which is can be a a a a, 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 a problem for uh, the Madhya Madhikari that um, that who who is got a good intelligence and they try to capture all the text, all the books, everything and um, if they're not well guided by that and well grounded in their practice then they're going to come into touch with the fact that the philosophy that they thought perfectly enunciated and captured the absolute truth doesn't do so and there are holes in it and there are problems with it uh, as we should know in advance that that realm is one from which, uh, as the Upanishads say clearly, speech having gone returns, and tries to go, returns. Mind tries to go and returns. It can't go there. If you try to go there with your intellect, it will create doubts rather than faith. You have to use, this. why I say often, you have to use your head to soften your heart. Hmm? and actually practice. 
which is which is not a head exercise it's a heart exercise it's it's hard enough to exercise your head <laughs> when to speak of exercise your heart right that that's what brings the tears um, so uh, yeah if you try to enter there with intellect alone it, the result will be doubts that come and if then your practice is not well uh, grounded then the intellect uh, then you and you see this happen sometimes and they find find doubts in the philosophy and then they sometimes they, they uh, uh, such persons go away hmm? uh, unfortunately at least for some time hmm. so intellect uh, what to speak of mind or senses under themselves are not suitable vehicles for going there as I've said it before and it's obvious these are products of our own conditioning so <laughs> they're they come from the counterfeit world here hmm? so they don't have any purchasing power in the realm, in, in 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 reality, in a land beyond death, you can't buy any real estate there with that currency. It's false. Still, uh, it can be harnessed and utilized to one's advantage hmm? to help to foster one's faith, and that's when, as I sometimes say, um, sadhana becomes. You understand it. There's some skill to that. Hmm? So anyway, faith is the vehicle. Pujapachita Maharaj, again, often described uh, the uh, part of Vyom as planets of faith. Again, if this is a planet of doubt, and there's no doubt about that. Hmm? Another sen- in another sense, I should say, intellect is the doubting function in us. When we question, we doubt. Mind is, is, is the seed of emotions. Hmm? I like this, I don't like that. This feels good, that doesn't feel good. The mind... Make, comes up with those determinations. The mind may say this feels good, but with our intelligence we can say, but it might not be good for you. Hmm. Unfortunately, the mind and the senses can corrupt the intellect and cause it to be an assistant of themselves hmm. rather than something that judges over them and, and makes good determinations about what you should think and what you should touch and what you shouldn't taste and so on and so forth. So this is very problematic now that intellect becomes a, a servant hmm, to the mind and senses and their demands and then we're using a, the power of human intellect that surpasses the intellectual capacity of all other species of life hmm, to do what other species of life do with their senses. Hmm. That's a very dangerous um, animal, if you will. So intelligence is supposed to have a, a different function that... that helps us to determine, and this, of course, with the help of revelation, which starts starts to spiritualize the intelligence, whether something feels good or looks good or seems good or we like it in our mind, it's pleasing to our mind, whether it's good for us or not, right? And then we start to separate ourselves from the call of the senses, from the determinations of the mind, which are faulty, whether something is good or bad, happy or sad, hot or cold, for you it might be good, for me it might be bad, for you it might be happy, for me it might be sad, for you it might be cold, for me it might be hot. So obviously it's neither of those. It's something else, whatever that is. It's be, it's beyond the, the reading instruments 
that we're possessed of and at, at the faculties uh, at, at the moment uh, by which we're trying to understand everything. Well, we, we're not going to be successful in that. That we should figure out with our intelligence hmm? and then what to do about it. So we need help beyond these faculties. So again, such is revelation. Uh, so, so my point here is that the intellect is a, is a, is a doubting function, hmm? right? The questioning function, hmm? question authority. Um, <laughs> don't question your own bliss, though. That's I've seen that. That's a problem. He had he had bliss from bhakti. Then he became confused and went away. And then he argues against. Bhakti, and I say, you're arguing against your own bliss. Hmm. That's not a very good idea. It may be bliss, but how do I know it's bliss? Hmm. I may be experiencing Krishna, but how do I know it's not an hallucination? You're really <laughs> thinking a little bit too much there. Right. Of course, uh, at the time, at the moment, when we have some ecstasy, it's, it's, it's confirming, but if we separate ourselves from that, a bad association over time, lack of practice, we may uh, the curtains and the clouds of material existence and material nature may may take precedence and may lose sight of that and so forth. But um, the point I'm making um, is that intelligence is a doubting function. In that sense, it's the, it's we have sensed objects, as the Gita says. What is the verse? The end of the know, third chapter. Hmm? There are senses. Sense objects, senses, he's giving a hierarchy, mind, intelligence, and the self. And the self is, is of another category. It's not material. But within the material, there's the hierarchy. There are sense objects, and there's the senses through which we perceive them, and there's the mind, which is the sixth sense, right? That without which the other senses don't really work. To the extent that my mind is not connected with the sense, which is connected with the object, um, I don't experience it. Hmm? Right? All experience is taking place in the mind. Hmm? So yoga is a perfect solution for ending all the suffering. It's all in the mind. It's about mastering the mind. But at any rate, above the mind is the intellect. We have Brahma as the as the as the four-headed, you know personification of in, his planet is the planet of intellect Brahmalok so this is the upper end of material existence with the help of intellect we can distinguish between matter and spirit sattvic perspective so this is a realm of doubt and correspondingly there must be a realm of faith in a, realm, in a realm of doubt, we move cautiously. We're going to move with some suspicion, some reservation, because faith is lacking. I mean, just practically speaking, you come to, um, you know, some place that you're not familiar with, uh, and you're going to make sure that what you eat is not got something in it that uh, is contrary to your dietary um 
um, regime and considerations uh, and so forth, right? You know, read the label and, and so on. But when you come to the temple, well, they don't ask you, where did that come from? Uh, or uh, or uh, a child doesn't question the, uh, the mother. She just has faith the mother is going to provide something that's 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 uh, nourishing. So, in home, in the homeland, is the home is in the heart, so to speak, yeah? and there we move freely, hmm? without any doubt, without any reservation. This is Brindavan. Hmm? There's no doubting there. Everyone just happily moving. Hmm? No no questions. And this is beyond what to speak of beyond the doubting and intellects, beyond the Upanishads and so forth. So, um, so f- some thoughts about faith, hmm? things that I've said before, uh, you may be, be familiar with. And so, your question is, well, only faith, he's giving the holy name for just one's faith, Seems like that's not a, an inexpensive, but it's it's quite expensive. But um, what's uh, meant there, of course, is that um, um, bhakti and the ananda kanda hmm, of Gaur Nityananda, rather than the gyan kanda or karma kanda paths ordained in the scriptures. Or uh, let's say, um, along with jnan, yoga, which are, both of which are means for uh, transcending material existence, there are practices that are arrived at after having. Um, um, Uh, risen above sufficiently the uh, influence of karma and the karma path, the path of well, the, the path of karma, the varnashram dharma. This is a path of acquisition. This is a pravritti marg. Hmm? Yoga and jnana are nivritti margs. In the pravritti marg, we think more is more. <laughs> In the nivritti margs, we think less is more. So this is the very opposite. So the Nivriti Marg follows exhaustion on the part of the practitioner of the Karma Marg. Exhaustion meaning that he, that he that he or she has come to the conclusion is this ain't happening here. It's not happening. Hmm. Um, more acquisition is not uh, is 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 not giving me the kind of knowledge that informs action that will bear the kind of happiness that we all seek without any limitation. Hmm. So from Purvati Marg to Nivriti Marg, we've got Gyan, Yoga, schools there. So there's the point being that what? You need faith to pursue Varnashram. Why would you pursue the Varnashram path and, uh, in, a, in effect, 
by doing so, acquire a license for acquisition hmm? and undergo the uh, uh, and have to you know, pay <laughs> for what you get beyond what you might have to do materially to acquire it. Hmm? In other words, you have to make an endeavor, obviously, to acquire, but according to the common mark, you also have to take into consideration what the scripture says and do it this way. And in and, and doing it in that way, you, you minimize the negative uh, repercussions of taking, which amount to owing, right? To some extent, you can get good karma rather than bad karma. You can acquire more from the karma marg than you could just by acquiring. Just by acquiring things in here, in this world, through whatever means, legal or illegal, well, you're not going to attain, for example, a celestial birth, hmm? where there's abundance beyond you know, your imagination. So, so you have faith what the scripture says, therefore you, you, know, you, you, you license your taking by taking according to the scriptures. And so this is the whole, you know, this karma work is a whole, like, tries to cover the whole range of your human life and all the things that are basic to humans, you know, birth uh, and, um, and you know, then becoming an adult, marrying, uh, bear, bearing children yourself, passing from the world, all of these stages that one has to go through, all these, all this is... Uh, talked about in the scripture, how to do that, how to proceed and, uh, with regard to these things and so forth. It's very nice. Um, it's, it, but it's, it, there's a lot there. Um, and you, so you have to have faith anyway to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and if you come to the end of that path from Dharma Jignasu, inquiring into Dharma, then you inquire into, um, Brahman, Brahma Jignasu. So, uh, in order to inquire into Brahman and pursue the path of Gyan, you have to have faith in the path of Gyan. Like I've said before, the real fruit of adhering to the scriptures with regard to the Pravati Marg, the path of acquisition, is the faith in the scriptures and revelation that you acquire. Hmm? So if I say, you know, okay, if you do this, make this potion, do this fire, and then and you're going to get a good son. Hmm? So you do it and you get a good son. Well, the fruit is the son, but really, if you look more carefully, the fruit is the faith in the scripture. Hmm. So he keeps looking deeper into there and deeper. And then he comes to the conclusion, or she comes to the conclusion, you know, this this is one portion of the scripture that talks about acquisition, but if I look at it carefully, I understand, well... I'm not really, I'm going up the down escalator here, you know, it's not, I'm not really getting anywhere by this. And so, Brahma Jignasu. Hmm? So, there's a qualification for Brahma Jignasu, which is having passed through the Dharma Jignasu. Hmm? But just like you have to have faith to participate in the Dharma Mark, you have to have faith in what the scripture says about the invisible you have to have faith that more that less is more hmm. and now you know you were you were acquiring things that was very tangible 
Now you're going to acquire the self, which means giving up the ta- all the tangibles as they appear to be and learning that they're not tangible. <laughs> they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. You can't keep anything. You've got no ground to stand on. You are the ground. You are a unit of Brahman. You are the ground. You have to stand on that. But where am I? So there's some faith that's required, right? And you see others practicing and and they're articulating the faith from the scripture. So you need faith in that, but you also need to have passed through the Dharma. Karma mark. This is typically the idea, hmm? and and as a result, the heart has become uh, cleansed to a certain degree. Hmm? Just like Krishna says in the Gita, if you want to sit in in meditation, in jnana or yoga, hmm? Cont- contemplative life, well, he says I recommend that you don't just jump into that from the karma marg, but do nishkam karma, because you're moving in a certain way for eons, for acquisition. So in nishkam karma, you can continue to move, but you give up the fruits. You practice giving up the fruits. So you're, you're going with the momentum that you have, but slowing down the trajectory, and gradually turning the course. Um, so what you are pursuing now is to dutifully perform the karmic duties in that system mm-hmm. and forego the fruits, because people typically perform the karmic duties to get the fruits, mm-hmm. to get the highs and, and avoid the lows. So that's how they're moving. So obviously it's not going to be a very peaceful path. I'm trying to avoid the highs, and I'm trying to... Uh, or excuse me, acquire the highs and avoid the lows. But as high as it goes, it's as low as it goes. But don't forlorn. As low as it goes, it's, it's as high as it goes. But you just keep going up and down, right? Mm-hmm. So y- yoga, or gyan, these are transcendental paths, if you will, or the, this is their aim, at least. Uh, they're all about equanimity. Not going up and down, but Flatten the whole, you know, thing. Shh. Peaceful, shanti, shanti, shanti. Hmm? And where does it come? Well, you're not chasing the highs or the lows. Now you're doing the duties of the karma mark because they should be done, ordained as they are in scripture. And the fruits are, you're not chasing them. Hmm? So whether it's up or down, it really doesn't. That's not of much concern to you. Your concern is, I'm going to perform the karma appropriately. And ultimately, if if I give the fruits to Krishna, well, then that that's a, some kind, some type of of bhakti there, as well. That's another thing. But um, the point being that for karma, you need some faith, and 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 you need to be a human being, <laughs> and uh, <coughs> there are the qualifications, and for gan. For yoga, you need qualification. Let's take a look further at yoga. I mentioned this the other night. In the sixth chapter of the Gita, where Krishna is talking about Astanga Yoga, um, he mentions uh, Brahmacharya. And this is one of the Yamanyamas of of the uh, uh, of Astanga Yoga. Am I right? Now, 
you got to have faith in yoga before you start twisting yourself up like a pretzel and 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 so on. I mean, in, in in the classical sense, it has a goal, right? It's a very sophisticated method of controlling the whole of the physical and psychological sense of self, controlling the mind. You can control the heartbeat, the organs, and so on and so forth. You become like the Paramatma almost, which is ultimately uh, and ideally the, the, the object of, of one's um, practice. Uh, Ishwar Pranidhan, right? So anyway, it's a very complicated uh, uh, and sophisticated methodology, but it requires a certain level of, of attainment besides the faith in it. You have to have faith that it's going to work. Hmm? Otherwise, how can you proceed? But it requires more than that as well. Hmm? And I'm giving a good example. Well, Brahmacharya. That won't be popular in the modern cultural appropriation <laughs> of yoga. <laughs> um, uh, but from the classical texts that... Uh, uh, we 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 learn about yoga. We find that this is a qualification. So, you know, how many people are going to be brahmacharya means celibate. I mean, they have a fancy way now in the modern um, yoga community of dealing with that. I don't know how exactly they 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 got to, but it's not what's meant um, classically there. Therefore, I say, in yoga, you can't have any friends. Hmm. In Gyan, you can't have any friends. You progress in these schools by by detachment. In Bhakti, by contrast, we we progress by attachment, by sadhu sangha, by by like-minded uh, uh, devotees. You can like devotees. You can be attached to devotees. In fact. Uh, Narutam Das has a nice poem where he says he's crashing his head against the stone because he doesn't have the association of of uh, Rup, Sanatan, Raghunathas, Krishnadas, Kaviraj, where have they gone, and so forth. And he's as high of a devotee as you can get, and he's feeling like this. And so, of course, as much as one is a devotee, your son or daughter or friend, uh, god-brother, god-sister, and so forth, your attachment to them has a different result than attachment to ordinary people, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, then you have to think how much someone is a devotee and then how much you'd be attached to them <laughs> and how much you might want to be detached from them. Uh, but uh, but but we had, we progress by sangha, not by bhairagya, unless it's viragya, a special kind of rag, which is attachment. <laughs> so, <laughs> good. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, uh, the point is that for for these other paths, hmm, be it the karma marg, gyan marg, yoga marg, you need faith. But you need something more, and quite a bit more, uh, to practice them. Especially with regard to yoga or gyan. Krishna says you, you can't just sit down and do, do gyan. You have to, the heart has to be pure. Hmm? Otherwise, how can you sit? Because you're going to be dictated to by your by the desires that are in your heart and your mind's going to be agitated and, and it says mityatarachu suchate don't you sit down prematurely like this then you're just a, a, a hypocrite hmm? he's sitting down nobody's looking I can open my eyes 
you see these pictures sometimes on the internet. Somebody's a yoga teacher, and there they are on the mountain, you know, by the river. Um, it's uh, it's it's you know it, it's a uh, it's a path for leaving the world. Hmm? Gyan, yoga. Everybody, what did Krishna say? He's going to go in the forest. Don't sit too high, too low. You're alone out there, hmm? and you're alone. But you're competent enough to deal with the mind because the, you, through nishkam karma, classically as Krishna explains it, well, you've reduced, diminished, you've changed the trajectory. As I'm say, as I was saying, you slowed it down. You changed. Now that that means the desires are coming out of the heart because you're not chasing after them hmm, anymore. You're, you're practicing not chasing after them, not after the fruits. Hmm. So you got this. You've come to some balance sattva and you can sit right but with bhakti the point is only faith hmm? you don't need all these other things because of the power of bhakti hmm? and the generosity of bhakti so bhakti is post liberated in its nature that means it's it's near guna hmm? rather than yoga and gyan these are sattva guna so in and of themselves they don't have the power to deliver you to transcendence unless some bhakti is factored in. They can give you a passport, but they can't give you a visa to Vaikuntha. Hmm? That has to come from the other side, from the Nirguna. So some bhakti has to be fa factored in. Hmm? So the intelligent person will think, well, why not just do only bhakti <laughs> then, which is easier anyway. Hmm? And, it's, and it's more generous in that uh, and this is the emphasis of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's school. You know, like Ramanuja's school will will emphasize the post-liberated nature of yoga, uh, excuse me, of, of, of bhakti. But we are on both ends of the spectrum. Not only is bhakti the ideal in, in, in and of itself and, trans, and, 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 uh, and transcendental in character, is very generous, extends her, she extends herself to those who have no qualification, even for Varnashram, hmm? like us, right? just very, very, very generous. Hmm? Through Sadhu Sangha of these Mahatmas, Vaishnava Mahatmas, we can develop faith in Bhakti. Now when we develop faith in Bhakti and we start to practice, hmm, then we should look for the kind of results that you'd get from Nishkam Karma. Hmm? that you'd get from Gyan, that you'd get from Dhyan, and that you'd get from Bhakti, ultimately herself. The others, I mentioned, being byproducts of Bhakti. So if you want the Prem, hmm, look and see if you're getting the result of the byproduct. <laughs> if you're not even getting the byproduct, well, you're probably not going to be getting the actual product hmm, very soon. Hmm? You follow me? Yeah. So, I mean, we should have that in mind, but um, it's a very, this is a very high ideal. We should hear about it. Like I said, you need, you, 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 it's like a candle in the heart. Well, you need a candle before you, it gets lit. So, so some tattva, rasa tattva is important. With good association and practice that the candle will be lit. Hmm. Then, you know, then then you can teach. Right? 
then you are good association. Still you'll want good association. But, um, yes, bhakti is very generous. Mm-hmm. But we should again be... be uh, what's mentioned in the Gita, Gita is not telling us, first you should do Barnashram, then you become qualified for Gyan, then you become qualified for Dhyan, then you become qualified for, for Bhakti. Now, Ramanuja will teach like that, and there's a way of looking at it like that. But the Bhakti dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in the least, is, is not telling us that. It's saying that by Sadhu Sangha, you can be qualified for Bhakti, because you can get faith in Bhakti's efficacy. Mm-hmm. And, and the generosity of Bhakti, you should think, Bhakti is very generous, hmm? not seeking any other qualification from me, just the faith that I got from somebody else, hmm? freely. Hmm? How fortunate I am! Now, how will I spend my faith for more bhakti? Let me spend it. Hmm? And what should I look for? The results that would come from other paths should be within bhakti. That's why we go to Goloka. What do you find there? Well, Varnashram is there. Right, they're following the Barnashram. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. So, I mean, it's just a structure, right, mm-hmm. to the social life of the Leela. The whole thing is being driven by Bhava, but it has to take a shape. So it takes the shape. Mm-hmm. Krishna's Abhira, you know, from the, this caste, they're cowherds. Mm-hmm. You got the Brahmin Madhumangal. You know, the, 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 he's like the farcical Brahmana, right? which is a way that the Goswamis have couched into their Leela Gruntas the idea they're taking a poke at Varnashram and the, and the Brahmins, even when they, we regard the Brahmins. <laughs> well, to be a real Brahmin, that's another thing, but that's not typically what you find in Kali Yuga, which is characterized by the corruption of the Brahminical class in terms of Varnashram. Another reason why, let's just go to Bhakti, especially if it's been offered to you. Step on the head of the Varnashram, take up bhakti. But anyway, point being what? The social structure of the Varnashram is there. Vaidhi bhakti is there. Hmm? They're worshipping the Shringadev. But of course, their mind is on Krishna. So they're like us, they're distracted. Hmm? Varnashram, Vaidhi bhakti. Oh, the description, the, the, geogra- the, the, the geometrical you know, description of Golok. The um, uh, sonic, geometric, poetic description of the hexagonal hmm, lotus inside the square of Svetadweep, and so all the four Vedas are there on the corners, and uh, all the cities are there, yoga cities are there, hmm, and, and, and they're not letting any, just anybody in. So, so anyway, the point is, all of this is there. The implication of which is, and this comes out really beautifully at the end of Krishna's dissertation on yoga that begins in the second chapter of the Gita, the middle of the second chapter, after explaining the nature of the Atma and the difference between it and 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 the body, how to realize it is the second half, right? They have the karmanashosti pratyavanabhidhiti. And it ends what? Yoginam api sarvesham vadkate nantaratmanam shadavan bhajate yomam 
Same Yuktatamumataha. I wrote a nice commentary on that verse. You want to go home and read that, the last verse of the sixth chapter. And you realize what is Arjun's, you know, um, Adhikar. Hmm? Hmm? Now, to fully take up this uh, bhakti yoga. Yeah. And, and the implication being that if we practice bhakti, all of the, all of these things will, that have been described hmm, in the in the yoga ladder, if you will, as it's sometimes um, referred to, hmm, the results desirable results will all be there within it. What it means to be a devotee, hmm, besides having prem. We have all the other things that are the byproducts of this. People will worship you. People will think you're you're good, 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 good company, saintly. Hmm? When you speak of praying, that's when they think you. Well, he went off the deep end. <laughs> he lost it all there. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so. Um, so that's uh, the idea there. Only your faith. You don't need any other qualification. Even, even the animals are being given opportunity for bhakti. Right? We find some animals are, are uh, uh, like Gajendra and so forth, liberated. So they can't do any other kind of yoga, but uh, they can participate in bhakti. Hmm? Such as their generosity. So she's on both ends of the spectrum. Right? All the low as you can go, she she goes. And as high as you can go, there she is, as the as the the, the driving influence of the uh, and the entire movement of the spiritual world, all moving under the bhakti shakti. Hmm? Does that help? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so in a lot of the things are like a lot of the th- we may sometimes say you know. Bhakti is a very easy path. You may think, well, I think it's very easy. You have to understand it's it's a big, easy comparatively to other paths who purport to be, whose aim is transcendence, enlightenment. Hmm? There aren't a whole lot of them. Hmm? Um, but comparatively, it's easy. But it is a path in pursuit of something that's not uh, cheap, hmm. so you do have to give everything. Hmm. You can't you can't say, well, just give a little bit and you'll get it. No, hmm. if you want all of Krishna, that is Braj, all of Krishna. He's controlled by the Gopas and the Gopis. That's what Krishna is, God controlled by Bhakti. Hmm. This is Krishna Kashani, one of the characteristics of Bhakti. It is the, it, it it attracts. He who is all attractive. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> what is the, what is bhakti then? Hmm? Tracks he who's all attractive and captures him, has a capacity to conquer him. Hmm? So you get him entirely. So you're not going to get him entirely without giving yourself to him entirely. How will he give himself to you if you don't give yourself to him? Fair, right? reasonable, but still he'll give more of himself to you than you're willing to give of yourself to him. Hmm? He'll send you a guru, his, his, his representative, sadhu sangha, hmm? 
नाम नामकारी बहुदा निज सार्वशक्ति स्थित नियामित स्मरण नकाल ही कम्स इन द फॉर्म ऑफ इज नेम वॉट्स इन इज नेम नाम नामकारी मेनी नेम्स यू लाइक गोविंद नो गोपीनाथ यस कृष्ण मदन मोहन सो मेनी नेम्स यशोदानंदन यू लाइक दैट नेम यू गो इन दैट वे ियोटीजर क्रिएटर नेम राइट नॉट ऑल पावरफुल वन द ऑल माइडी नॉट नेम्स लाइक दिस इन रिलेशन टू दिस वर्ल्ड वेयर ही इज द कंट्रोलर नेम्स वेयर ही इज कंट्रोल्ड दोस कैंड ऑफ नेम्स दीज आर प्राइमरी नेम्स दे फॉर महाप्रभु सेस नाम नाम करी बहुदा नीज सर्व शक्ति All my, all of your shakti is in your names. Those kind of names, all of his shakti is in the names. Now these names are so powerful. He's none different from his name, and these are names of him in relation to his devotees. And he says, "Nam namakari bahudani desavashakris tatrarpita niyamites marane akala." Recalling these names, he says, you can do it any time, at any place. Bhagavatam says, even while sleeping, while eating, Mahaprabhu had a concern in his madness in Nadia hmm, that he was chanting, Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari 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 Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari Hari, and he couldn't stop chanting. And so, when he went to answer the call of nature, it's not typical that you'll do worship in the bathroom. Hmm? So he was concerned about this, <laughs> and uh, I forget his name, Markaradwaj, who became then named differently by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, was a young lad. Said that uh, what did he say? That there is no with uh, with Krishna Nam. There are no restrictions like this, and what name did he give him then? Gopal Guru, hmm? Gopal Guru, Gosami. He became hmm? famous devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Mahaprabhu was relieved by by this, and he taught in this way that to, that for this spiritual practice there are no rules. Any time, anywhere, any any place, on it, there are no. Prerequisite circumstances is another way of answering your question. They have to be in place, as there is, for example, in the karma mark. You have to do it exactly like this. You can't do it like that. You got to do it this time. You got to face that direction, and stand on your head, and you know whatever it is. It's a lot of lot of lot to it. And if you don't do it right, well, you won't get the result, and you might get the opposite result. A nice example of that: Bhagavatam, a Brihadrasura. He mispronounced the mantra. By which he wanted to get an enemy of Indra, and he got a Indra as his enemy, I think, instead. 
Yeah, that's a nice, nice, uh, very important section actually of the Bhagavatam, where Rag Bhakti comes out through the mouth, uh, teaches on that through the mouth of uh, Ritrasura, hmm? who was Chitraketu, Chitraketu. Hmm? Yes. So, seeing how generous uh, Bhakti is, hmm? yeah. we have to, we should. Mahabhu was saying that he's humbled by this. Still, he says, in spite of this, I have no attraction. Just see my condition. Hmm? Of course, this is n- not something that, if you contemplate this verse and you become neurotic, then you're not doing it right. So you, you don't want to do that. Hmm? You want to have the healthy understanding of the generosity of the name, not how bad I am but how generous the name is. Hmm? I'm unfortunate that I don't have uh, a taste for this, and Mahaprabhu says, because I have other, other things that I think are valuable, anarthas. That's my condition. But it's a hopeful condition, nonetheless. Hmm? It's not an erotic condition, like, I'm bad, I'm bad. Hmm? And now, now you're feeling bad, and you're all psychologically out of balance, and you and you can't chant. No, it's it's... It's Krishna is merciful. His name is 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 is, is so generous. Hmm? I don't have any attraction for it. That's my misfortune, but I'm holding on to that. Hmm? He's not letting me go. Hmm? The name and the name are non-different, but there's a difference between the name and the name, and that the name is more generous than the named. Hmm? We might offend the form of Bhagawan, but his name will stay with us. Hmm? Who is the best example? Haridas Thakur. He offended Krishna, the form of Krishna. He saw him in the Brahma Vimohan Leela and he said, that looks like my guru that I saw at the dawn of creation, but he's he's acting kind of weird. He's not following the vidhi. Hmm? Look at him, the way he's conducting himself with these who is he? He's an imposter? I should I should test his powers and so forth. Hmm? So he had to take birth as a as a, as an outcast, but from the Hindu perspective at the time. But the name stayed with him, hmm? right? Name stayed with him. So this is a verse not to make us neurotic about how bad I am, but how great the name is. Hmm? Yeah. And one of the measures is, well, just see, I'm unqualified. I don't have any taste. That's unfortunate. I'm so I'm unfortunate. But still, the name is with me. Hmm? I don't. I don't want to offend the name. Then the name may re, re, recede. Hmm? Hmm. But just because I have material condition and desires, the name's not going to recede because of that. The name is coming after me to deal with that, despite my condition. Hmm? And not asking any other qualification of me. Hmm? And says, even in your sleep, you can take advantage of me. Even while eating, which typically means you don't eat and do worship at the same time. Hmm? Right? So, the generosity of bhakti. Hmm? And then the highest reach of bhakti. Yoga can't go there. 
get, uh, yogis are trying to remember Krishna. Gopis are trying to forget about Krishna. <laughs> and they can't. <laughs> Making a concentrated, concerted effort to forget about Krishna. And they, they can't get him off their mind. What, what kind of samadhi is that? Right? They're in samadhi and they're doing kirtan. What kind of kirtan is that? We heard about this the other day, Gopi Gita. They're doing kirtan in the depths of samadhi. What's that doing? So, just uh, just to point out, underscore the idea that 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 the goal and the way are one, right? It's not like that for yoga or bhakti or, or gyan. You leave the path to attain the goal. So, give us some thoughts on that. Anything else? Yes, Gayatri. Is it like during the picnic lunch that all the gopas things that Krishna is with them exclusively, like the gopas things that he's with them exclusively, or are they aware that he's dancing with everyone? And if they do think it's exclusive, why are the manjaris not concerned about the union between Radha and Krishna in this? Why are they not concerned? Yeah, why, I mean, if they're dancing with Krishna themselves, why are they not thinking that Radharani, Sri Radha is not dancing? If the Manjaris are dancing with Krishna. Are they not dancing? That's your question. Yeah. Well, the answer to your question, which seems to be twofold, is that, uh, yes, each gopi, of course, Krishna, the gopis come, they meet Krishna. Then the Rasa dance commences after the Pranaya Gita, right? After they answer his his suggestions that they shouldn't be there from the point of view of dharma and they turn it all around on him you know and and uh make a case for their that it's appropriate for them to be there and so forth and so the rasa dance uh, commences right and and each gopi thinks that krishna is standing next to her and now he's dancing with me hmm? obviously if they knew that they were dancing with each one at the same time, this would bring the Aishvarya to the, to the into the into the, into the picture. So Sugadev is seeing this in his heart, and he's telling us that this is what's happening. But they don't see it like that. Each one thinks that Krishna is only with only with only with me. This is how fortunate. And each minute seems like, you know, the whole duration. For the whole duration seems like just a minute, <laughs> just a minute. Um, so that's one thing with regard to manjaris then they are not going to be dancing with krishna hmm? there are, there are two basic uh, types of madhurya rasa hmm? and that is uh, uh rupa goswami hmm? explains in his chapter um about sadhana bhakti no uh yeah, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, about um, Raganuga Bhakti. There, in, there are the, the divisions of Sambandhanuga, which means the relationship with the, as a servant, as a friend, or as a parent. 
And then there's Kamanuga, which is relationship with Krishna romantically. There's two types of that Kamanuga, he says. One is the type um, that, uh, to use a simple term, we call Kantabhav, and the other type is called Sakibhav. So Kantabhav means the these these gopis they have a direct romantic relationship with krishna hmm? like radha or chandravali her cousin hmm? and others so many they have a direct romantic relationship with krishna so to one extent or another they're they're a little bit tend to be competitors with radha hmm? let's say um, whereas the 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 other type sakibhav, hmm, this is a you know you use simple terms to describe um, sakibhav is a type of madhurya rasa where one identifies oneself as the friend the saki of the devotee the gopi in kantabhav, hmm, the friend, and seeks to assist that friend in her efforts to have romantic relationship with Krishna. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some there are different types of those sakis. Sometimes some of them their own saki who's in Kantabhav may say, You you should go with Krishna uh, and they go. Mm-hmm. But then the Manjaris are a type of Saki Bhav who are characterized by 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 their um, karma, their, if you will, uh, uh, romantic desire is subjugated by their service and friendship to their sake. It's so strong, it's so committed, hmm, that they reject overtures from Krishna who teases them or tests them. Hmm? This is the characterizes the manjari. But that is that there's there's a there, so in their bhava you can say they don't like Krishna as much. They like Radha more than Krishna. Hmm? But of course the math underlying it is is that that if you want to please Krishna well no one can please Krishna more than Radha so let me please, please, please Radha, and Krishna will be most pleased with me, and that's true. Mm-hmm. So they're actually trying to please Krishna, right? Um, no one can have the fullest romantic, the, the, the same measure of romantic um, reciprocation with Krishna uh, No can have more than Radha. Mm-hmm. So if by identifying oneself as a handmaiden of Radha, then uh, if the more you identify as such, the more you're, you're going to have access to her experience, which is going to be you know, shared with you just by the very nature of your being identified with her. You're going to be aware of it, experience it, and so forth. So, so the Mandaris, they are, they're, they're, they're there to assist. Hmm. Does that help? That answer both your questions, right? Yeah, and of these two types of kantabhav, or two types of 
of, of, of Kama Rupa Bhakti or Kama Nuga, the Kanta Bhava and the Saki Bhava, um, Rupa Goswami or Jiva Goswami says that the, 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 the Saki Bhava is, is preferable. Hmm? So this is the main line of our Sampradaya hmm? with regard to uh, Madhuri Rasa. Hmm? There are technical names for these two terms, but Kantabhav and Sakibhav is a simple way of describing it. Yes? Kind of a follow-up. Um, I'm wondering, is there anything analogous, say, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes, as far as the, the Mandaris kind of identify with Radha's love? Do the devotees who are following Gora, does anything happen to them in a similar manner? And we find that uh, Rupa Goswami, who is Rupa Manjari, appears as a Brahmin boy in Gorlila in Dasya Bhakti. Hmm? Dasya Bhakti, to Gore, to reverse it around, results in Braj uh, Bhakti, let's say. Hmm? Gopi Bhav there, for example. So, all of the devotees in Gorlila, they have Dasya Bhakti for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now, there are some exceptions of sorts, like, like Sachi, obviously has Vatsalya Bhava for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, but this is like Ramchandra hmm, in Ayodhya, he has romantic relationship, if you will, with Sita. He has his brothers who are his friends, Lakshman, and so forth. But whoever enters there, all those Hanuman and Zadasya, we see in Ayodhya, hmm, this is peculiar. Here is Bhagwan Narayan in a form in which he has parents. Hmm? He has brothers that's not there in Vaikuntha. So from the Gaudi perspective, Ayodhya is like just a little, little above Vaikuntha. And it speaks to us of the fact that hmm, there's a possibility of having those kind of relationships with Bhagwan beyond Dasya, although only Dasya is available here. So when I look at it like this, Ayodhya is pointing to, to Goloka, hmm? where all those possibilities exist for whoever goes there. Hmm? To have Krishna as a friend, to have Bhagwan as a as a lover, to have Bhagwan as a as a child, and so forth, right? Um, so, similarly, there are going to be some figures. Let's say Sachi is a good example. Even she, though, at times we see some dasya for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in her. All the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are pundit serving Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a das. Still, sometimes they're Sometimes their their bhava in Braj will obviously come out a little bit. Hmm? But our entrance point there is in Dasya Bhakti. We don't find, for example, there are some sects that that look at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Krishna, Vishnu Priya is um, his consort. And uh, we are not going to worship Krishna and Radha, but Gore 
and Vishnu Priya, and we're going to become Manjaris of Vishnu Priya, and so forth. This is an idea. There's there there are sects that practice like this. There, but these are theological perspectives that are not uh, found in our scriptural canon. Hmm? So, I mean, I even found a book once that talked about Manjaris for Sita in uh, in Ayodhya. They obviously got it from Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Kind of add, thought it was a cool thing and. Well, Ram's got it too. You know, we've got it over here too, something like that. So, so uh, the the the, the, the uh, situation is is different. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, "Tasted Manjari Bhav in in Puri, I believe, when he chased after the sand dune, and and then he found himself in samadhi, in 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 being asked by the by the, the gopis to bring flowers and so forth. Uh, sometimes it's thought, oh, he's, he's taking an assistant role here and he tasted Manjari Bab. Well, that's not what he's pursuing directly, but he tasted it nonetheless. But that's not what you're asking about. It just uh, it comes up in the context of discussing the, the question that you, you asked. Does that help? It does, but I think what I was trying to ask him to okay. do very well yeah, was maybe... Like when the Manjari's help Radha and Krishna get together, right. certain signs come on Radha, and then they also come on the Manjari's. And I'm just so Gora, he experiences Radha Bhav. What about the devotees around him who are trying to assist him in that? Do they also taste some sort of Radha Bhav? Yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, that's the whole idea, right? But that's being that's being experienced internally by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That means he's experiencing Krishna Lila. So through the service in Gaur Lila, which is ecstatic in and of itself, you're going to experience Krishna Lila as well. You follow? Yeah. What else? What's the, what's the time now? 7.45. Okay. Yes, nice to see you and your good husband. So about, um, you know, the generosity of the Holy Name, mm-hmm. but what about, um, you know, like the Ten Offenses and not to think that was so bad, but um, isn't that a big consideration how chanting inattentively or the other offenses, how that can really hamper our receiving that mercy of the Holy Name? Well, as I said, uh, the Holy Name is not going to run away from material desires, but if you if you offend the Name, well, He's going to back off. Mm-hmm. So that's a different thing. There may be uh, sins of the flesh or there may be sins of the soul. So sins of the flesh means, you know, our material attachments. So, well, Hari Nam is not concerned about that. It's coming to us regardless of that and, and as a solution of that problem. But if in the context of providing a solution, and we taking up the solution, then offend the name, well, then the name may step back, hmm? at least for some time, right? Uh, if you offend a Vaishnava, the name may step back. So, yeah, we should be aware of the offenses, and those are those offenses 
the results of those fences can carry all the way into bhava bhakti. Mm -hmm. Material desires in an artha's can't of that of other types cannot carry all the way into bhava bhakti, but it's possible that by offense the reaction will persist even in the bhava bhakti and then slow us down from proceeding from bhava bhakti to prema bhakti until the the the, re, the reaction of the offense has played it played itself out, if you will. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean we 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 should we should know what the ten offenses are. You learn that the first day, you know, that you get initiated. Usually the lecture as well, and there are ten offenses, and they give those, and so forth. That's important. Um, but um, they're they're not that hard to avoid. Hmm? I mean, you know, uh, it's 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 it's. Uh, I mean, to offend a Vaishnav. And why would you do that? So if they offended you. <laughs> well, you're a Vaishnavi, so. <laughs> uh, I mean, what constitutes Vaishnava Parad? I mean, uh, this is all, uh, you have to look at it for, in terms of intention. Mm-hmm. So, to be, you, you, we see examples in the scripture of malicious uh, persons like. Uh, that uh, Gopal Chapal, I think his name was, and he, he tried to defame Srivastakur by uh, defiling his his uh, house and, and 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 leading people thereby to believe that he was a worship. He sacrificed goats or something in his house, and so he was malicious and he had malicious intent. So this is Vaishnava Parad. He, he came down with leprosy. Mahaprabhu would not cure him mm-hmm. until he was resolved his offense to Shivas. Uh, so there are other other examples are there too. Mm-hmm. It said Ramchandra Puri offended uh, Madhavendra Puri, but I mean, Madhavendra Puri was feeling pangs of separation from from Krishna in the mood of Radha, and, and Madhavendra Puri says, "You shouldn't be lamenting like this at the time of death." starts preaching to him, you know, like Mayavad philosophy. So that was not good. As a result of that, he, well, he got a samskar for it, and then he offended Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, criticizing him. Must be eating sweets because there's ants around there where he, he's staying, that kind of thing. Anyway, so these kind of examples are given. So I, I just cite them so that we don't have this, like, neurosis, like, oh, I offended that devotee, you know. Um, and of course, if you make an offense with your mind, you can resolve it with your mind. If you make an offense with your words, you can resolve it with your words. If you make an offense with your body and try to, you know, beat up a, a sadhu or something, well, you know, then you can resolve that with your body by giving your body in service to the to the sadhu. So, I think that these things are. And this type of offense, offending a Vaishnava, is, is misunderstood, and uh, uh, sometimes by devotees, and also by those who think that they're offended, or or put themselves in a position whereby persons think that that's one I don't want to offend over there, because he's sitting up there, mm-hmm. and uh, that'll be a big problem for me. So then that becomes a way of manipulating people and, and intimidating them. I mean, it's, these things are all subject to abuse uh, and so forth. And then, and then, and then you create a whole 
you know, fear and uh, get, make people, make the audience uh, neurotic and so forth. And so it's hard to commit Vaishnava parada. Now some Vaishnavas are not such that you can take advantage of their association, so then you have to keep a distance from them. We're supposed to respect all the Vaishnavas, that means you have to keep enough distance from them to respect them, so sometimes it'll have to be like all the way across the planet, you know. <laughs> and anyway, anyway, he's chanting over there, okay. I respect him for that, but I don't have him, have him in my face and have to deal with him because it's a, it's counterproductive because of the way he or she conducts himself. So you have to be wise and you know create enough distance that you can respect everybody. Hmm? If you're too close to somebody who's not conducting themselves in such a way as, as to as to um, help you, then then step aside. Um, so then you know offending the guru. Disobeying the guru, you know, that, that's that's not so. Um, hard to do. Like some of my disciples may say, I say, you know, I'd like you to go and do this, you know, and they say, uh, well, um, you know, okay, but if you send me there, uh, you know, I'll fall asleep on the road because I was up all night doing this for you, you know. And I say, I'll think, okay, well, I'll get somebody else to do it then, you know, you, you, you know, instead of, Guru Dave told me to go, okay, I was up all night, you know, for the festival preparing things, now he told me to drive from Audari to San Francisco at 6 a.m., I hope I don't fall, I won't fall asleep because it's Guru Dave's order, you know, and I haven't slept all night, and how far I go, and I get in a crash, and, and he said, what the hell did you do that for, you know, I mean, why don't you just tell me, you know, to have somebody else go, so... Um, this kind of dealing, you know, is, is 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 the lack of this is the lack of just being grounded in our in our human common sense in the context of practicing bhakti, and then everything gets out of out of proportion, and so it's weird. <laughs> it's not integrated and organic, and that we've you know ingested it, and 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 so on. And so that's important. Anyway, so then what else are you going to do? Think the demigods are more important than Krishna? Well, that's you know. You're not going to do that, right? So you go through the list, and uh, you don't think that a horse sacrifice is equal to sankirtan, <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah, uh, but um, but yeah, we have to have a healthy caution for the the offenses. We don't want to offend bhakti, uh, harinam, Vaishnavas. What else? Yes. Maharaj, could you uh, say something about... Uh, we, we spoke about Lord Chaitanya for the last several days. Um, and to me it's very interesting that the, when Lord Chaitanya accepts sannyas, he accepts it from Maya Valley. Not from... And I'm like uh, struggling a little bit to understand why. I mean... Uh, doesn't matter from who you accept initiation. Yeah. You know, like, if I look in our society, we practice in Vaishnava tradition, and suddenly we decide to accept sannyas from uh, from Mayavadi sannyasi, mm -hmm. it will be quite a stir. Mm -hmm. But um, we don't hear anything in, in pastimes of Lord Chaitanya, and, and so 
just trying to understand. Right. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of points um, worth uh, discussing in that regard. One is that um, during the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there was no Gaudiya Vaishnavism that had been formed. The architects of that Sampradaya were the Goswamis, as they were commissioned to write about and uh, establish standards of behavior, conduct, and so on and so forth. What is initiation, uh, and so so on. They did all that. That was a you know a later uh, development. The Sampradaya, the Church, formed afterwards. You know, like the Catholic Church formed after the after Christ came and went. So. Um, <clears throat> And at the time, the, the Shankar Sampradaya was was quite uh, quite prominent, hmm? and um, there's a strong emphasis on the renounced order there. Um, and excuse me, we find that all of the principal sannyasi elderly associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there were nine of them. They're compared to the uh, roots of the metaphorical uh, tree of bhakti, the fruits of which are prem, the branches of which are the devotees, and right, and the trunk of which is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself, divides into two other trunks, Nityananda and Dvaita. Well, the roots were these sannyasis, Keshava Bharati, uh, um, Brahmananda Bharati, and so Brahmananda Puri, and so on and so forth. Uh, they were all elderly gentlemen, renunciates, and they were all um, from the Shankar Sampradaya. Mm-hmm. And so in those days, such things, uh, s- someone could could take sannyas from the Shankar Sampradaya, receive the mantra, tattvamasi, that they would give. Uh, and um, and uh, then m- might Come, come to be associated with some bhaktas and and change course, and um, um, and I, I don't think it would happen in reverse very often. But but and another example of what I'm talking about is is that there are four basic moths or monasteries of Shankar that he established. One of them is in Jagannath Puri. It's called the Govardhan Moth, and that moth has an emphasis on bhakti. All of the religious Brahmins affiliated with that moth and in way to Sampradaya are in charge of Jagannath's puja in the temple. Hmm? They're all Advaitins, Jagannath's accepting their service. From that school, hmm, at one time, it's written in their books, the head of that moth was Sridhar Swami, the famous commentator on the Bhagavatam that Mahabharu uh, appreciated. Hmm? So the implication is that he was in the head of the Govardhan Moth, he was a Shankar Sampradaya, in the Shankar Sampradaya, he accepted sannyas there. And they have emphasis on bhakti as a means, not as we think of it. But he became converted. Hmm? He changed his course and wrote his commentary in the Bhagavatam, which they'd wait and said, what kind of Bhagavatam, what kind of commentary is this? You know, that their God's form is eternal, their Sarup Shakti, and these kind of things. Um, so Mahaprabhu liked that. Um, so, in 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 in, in the Ramanuja Sampradaya, which is a Vaishnava Sampradaya, the Madhva Sampradaya, they were way down in the south. Hmm? 
and not as you know prominent up in Bengal and Jagannath Puri and so forth. So I think that the uh, interaction between sects was a little more fluent, hmm? and discussing of concepts and ideas on the one hand, hmm? and on the other hand, of course, Keshava Bharati, as described by Murari Gupta in his biography of Mahaprabhu, which was written during the lifetime of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the earliest one, he says that Keshav Bharati came to Navadweep. He had the darshan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And then then Mahaprabhu determined to take sannyas from him in Katwa. He was from the Shankar Sampradaya, but he had already been influenced by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to some extent by having his darshan. And then when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to get the mantra from him, he had doubts about the, the way in which the mantra is understood. Tattvamasi, you are that. He'd wait and take it like that. He asked Murari Gupta about it. He told him that he had had a dream, and he dreamed that he got this mantra and he lost his love. Because there's no love in that understanding of the mantra. And so Murari Gupta said, no, you should think of it like you are his. So Mahaprabhu liked that. And then when he went to see Keshavabharati, he asked Keshavabharati, is this the mantra that you are going to give me? And he whispered it in his ear. At that time, Keshav Bharti got initiated by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with the Vaishnava conception, and he realized, I'm Sandipani Muni from Krishna Leela. Here I am, again initiating Krishna in the form of Gaur Krishna. Hmm? So, we and we see, now you may think, well, probably people probably made that up. No. This is the testimony of Mari Gupta, and we see that Keshav Bharti became a great Vaishnav. Hmm? He followed Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like Brahmananda Bhari, Brahmananda Puri, Brahmananda Puri, Keshav Puri, and so forth. They all became great followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They all converted, and so the Sampradaya was, was being formed. Hmm? Um, Mahaprabhu said to Ramananda Roy, who praised him, said, Oh, no, don't praise me. I'm just a Mayavadi sannyasi, according to the Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, put it like that. Hmm. I heard one uh, one of the Shankars, the four Shankars, presiding over the four moths, said, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself has said he's a Mayavadi sannyasi. Hmm. <laughs> so I just wish I had been there, because I would have said, oh, so where do you get that? It's right in the book, your book, Chaitanya Charitamrita. So you accept the book as authoritative. <laughs> Let's look what else it says. <laughs> Yeah, and then, and then we put it in perspective, right? Mm. So, uh, why did Chaitanya Mahaprabhu take initiation from Keshav Bar? Because he's Sandipani Muni. Mm. <laughs> That's his guru. <laughs> but it, but it's true that the the, the the association was much more. It's not like oh he's a Maya body, you know. Don't let him in here, you know. They were there. Those, those very strident kind of sectarian uh, perspectives um, weren't as weren't as uh, much in place. Now, when Krishna, when Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami is writing Chaitanya Charitamrita, it's a little bit more sectarian because he's he's trying to establish what among the ideas about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu 
are acceptable theologically and, and which ones are not. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, in the Sandarbhas you, you, you find Jiva Goswami's arguing against uh, Advaita, or be it Bhagavatamrita, Sanatana's arguing against Advaita, theologically, philosophically. It is a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a strong point. But Prabhupada told me when he gave me sannyasa, even if you see a Mayabadi sannyasi, you should pay respect to them. Hmm? And we were walking in the morning, and somebody said, "And Triparari said that is Triparari Maharaj." Prabhupada said, "I should always." And then he said, "And you, and you." I think he said to me at that time, "And even if you see a Mayabadi sannyasi, so." Something to think about. That help? Mm-hmm. I was like, um, because there is also a story about Shamananda Pandit, who got uh, like a special tilak from uh, Lalita Devi, mm-hmm. and his guru walked from Bengal to you know to chastise him. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a big stir at the time in the in the Vaishnava society. Mm-hmm. Why he accepts? So to me, it was just like a little bit confusing that on one hand, you know, nobody makes an issue or mention at least we, we don't hear about it but on the other hand someone plays such a very strict right. you know, attention to, to those but those are quite different times also yeah. Shamananda is, is, is a, a generation or half a generation after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu after the Sampradaya has been established and so forth and what are the standards what are the tilak you'll wear if you're in, initiated in this paribar or that paribar all that was in place and so it seemed a little out of place that suddenly his disciple was wearing a different tilak. Hmm? Right? Shamananda. Then the story had to be explained. Of course, it's a very esoteric story that uh, is um, instructive and so forth. But very different uh, circumstances from that of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And, you know, I mean, you, but you do see that, you know, these days you see like, you know, very sectarian, you know, considerations. You're initiated in Iskand, you have to stay in it, or they do it in other moths too, you know. Um, they say, well, if you're going to have Siksha, you have to get the permission of your Diksha Guru. Um, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu didn't ask for any permission to hear from Ramananda Roy. Hmm? He didn't say, wait, I better go back and ask, ask, ask Ishwar Puri if I can associate with you. It feels good, do it. <laughs> That's our teaching. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the idea there is, of course, if we want to take siksha, we, we, they say the siksha should follow the, the line of the diksha. So it means if, you want to, if you're initiated in the Gaudiya Sampradaya, then you should take siksha from the Gaudiya Sampradaya rather than the Mother Sampradaya. Hmm? Makes sense, right? Because that will foster the diksha that you have, help it to grow. So, all right, I think we we stop there. We'll get together again tomorrow night. We'll have some more questions, I think, tomorrow night. And then Friday we have more, and Saturday we'll have more formal talks of sorts. I think Friday night is the appearance of Sri Vastakras, we've been asked to talk about him, and then Saturday we'll conclude the Gaur Leela section, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu going to Jagannath Puri.
गोर भक्त वृंद की जाय गोर प्रेम आनंदे